Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Matt, very good to be with uh, Crux Investors talking about Revival Gold. My name is Hugh Agro. I'm the president and CEO of Revival Gold. And Revival is advancing the Bear Track Arnett Gold Project located in uh, Idaho, in the western state of Idaho in the United States. It's a, a largest, the largest former producing gold mine in the state of Idaho. Uh, we're working from a brownfield site. And we have really three strategic advantages with this project. Number one, the location, top ranked in the world. Number two, uh, we've got infrastructure, including an ADR facility and uh, power and so on to site. And number three, we've got a very favorable PA on the first phase of this project to produce gold in this cycle. Brilliant. Lovely to meet you, Hugh. And uh, we, we, we have briefly caught up in the past, but we've not really met or, 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 or spoken. So I'm, I'm keen to understand the story here. So like, why don't we sort of with a little bit about you? What's, what's your background relevant to what you're trying to do here? I'm a mining engineer by training. I cut my teeth at Placer Dome and then went on to Kinross, where it's part of the team at uh, Kinross that took that business from 1.7 billion in market cap to 17 billion in market cap. I retired in late uh, 2009, uh, but I came back into the business in 2016, 2017, when I saw this uh, great opportunity, a revival really in the uh, gold price and uh, the opportunity around this project in Idaho. Well, the, the revival's coming and going, and it's been it's been a quite quite a year for gold this year. But I think next year promises uh, more. Um, so let's let's talk about um, what you walked into. So you you saw this. What did you see at that time? We'll talk about the PEA in a second. But what did you see when you first walked in? What was the promise? Well, yeah, really, what we've got is this wonderful location, uh, a, a very mining friendly part of a very mining friendly state. Uh, number one. And number two, we've got uh, this infrastructure that I've been talking about. Um, and uh, so that gives us a head start in terms of our capital and our development plan. And thirdly, uh, and most importantly, the people. We've got the former general manager for the operation, a gentleman by the name of Pete Blakely, uh, who's run this mine and lives in uh, the town of Salmon, Idaho, where we're based. And we've got the on our, on our, on our ex- uh, non-exec chair, uh, a gentleman by the name of Wayne Hubert, who has uh, had a long history with Meridian Gold, the former operator of this project, and then went on to great success with Andean Resources, which uh, some of your listeners will uh, will remember was sold to Gold Corp for $3 billion uh, a, a number of years ago. So it's the team, it's the location, and it's the brownfield nature of this asset. Okay, so the I think the problem that most people are looking at this uh, company and saying is, hey, Where's the scale here? You've, you've got a PEA, 100 million market cap, maybe 72 million ounces a year, a lot of work between now and then. Um, and you've done your numbers at 1750 gold. You've got a lot to prove still. So where's the scale come from? Because if I look at the market cap, somewhere between 45 and 50, depending on a, on a, on a good day, uh, it's not working at the moment. What's wrong? Yeah, I think uh, the market is just kind of getting uh, tuned into the scale of this project, uh, really. We've got 3 million ounces in resource. We've built that up over the period of the last four years at a finding cost of less than $5 an ounce. Uh, So a lot of people are just starting to tune into this and recognize the potential of this deposit. We've got five kilometers of strike mineralized throughout, and uh, we're continuing to grow that. Our drilling this year is pointing to the Joss area at Bear Track, Garnett, where we're getting grades and intercepts like 85 meters 
of uh, 2.7 grams per ton gold, within which we've got a higher grade core of 12 gram material, six, seven gram material. And this is over a strike of about a kilometer. So we're talking about a lot of scale here with this deposit, big geology, orogenic gold system. And we've only in this first phase of the project got a million ounces, uh, uh, just less than a million ounces of the total 3 million uh, currently on the books in the economics. So there is a second phase to this project, a lot more scale. And, um, and I think the market's just waking up to it. Okay, but, okay, but there's, there's, there's the point, right? You, got three, you talk about 3 million ounces, all categories, just under a million uh, M&I. That, that's the disjoint because at the moment you're competing against a lot of companies talking about a million ounces. It, it's the barrier you've got to get over, but there's a lot of noise in a gold market, which not many people are looking at at the moment. So what do you need to do to step that up, you know, move, move, it, move more of that inferred into the M&I category? Well, I think it's happening. Uh, we've got um, drill results, as I've been talking about. We're moving forward with the resource update in the first quarter. Uh, we'll be doing a PFS, taking our PEA to a PFS level uh, at, the, uh, at the end of 2022. Uh, we're already advancing with regulators in our uh, supplemental baseline uh, data for the purposes of, uh, of uh, the permitting process. Uh, the re-permitting process. And uh, so all of those steps are taking place. And uh, this is a team that's done it before. We've built value for our investors in the past. We've delivered on projects like this. And, um, and so uh, we're, uh, we've got it queued up. So how do you pay for it? <laughs> this is where we've got uh, such great benefit over many of our peers. Uh, one of our key investors is Orion Mind Finance. Uh, they backed the team early on to put this project together. They are a, a, a multi-billion dollar private equity fund investing in the gold space and uh, other metals. And uh, so their sweet spot is the construction and development of projects like this located in good geography. Um, and so uh, we've already got Cornerstone uh, investors who will take us through uh, the uh, first phase and beyond. And remember, uh, you know, in a gold space that's got um, a, a lot of projects out there, one of the things that investors need, need to focus on is uh, capital efficiency. And we're talking about $100 million of capital, as you mentioned, for this first phase heat bleach. So it's a manageable quantum. We've got the shareholder base and uh, we're making solid progress on all the engineering, uh, repermitting and uh, other aspects related to developing this project. But are you prepared to lose some of the efficiencies at this early stage just to get into production? Okay, because at the moment, you, the PA, okay, plus or minus 30%, is, you know, PAs are, are wide and varied. You're over a thousand bucks, ASIC, right? It's a, it's a hundred million bucks, which is, which is, okay, not too bad in relation to the, to, to the market cap. And you've got a, you've got a backer. You've, you've named Orion in there, prepared to back you, maybe because of your track record, but, you're going to lose some of the efficiencies by getting into production early. You know, so why would you do it that way? Because most North Americans say we're going to drill this thing out to the edges of the envelope, and then we'll take it from there. Why is your strategy different? Yeah, yeah so that, that's, a, that's a really good point you've picked up on. It's one of the things that I've observed about the Australian industry. You know, that we Canadians have missed. Uh, the Australians, uh, in effect, bootstrap their projects, and they save their investors the dilution that comes with. Uh, these ambitious exploration and development programs, billion-dollar projects. And what we've chosen to do instead is work from a brownfield site, 
work with top flight engineers. So we're not going to have capital blowouts uh, from over over uh, promising and under delivering. Uh, and, and and secondly, to phase the project. So we'll minimize the dilution to our capital base, get into production at this point in the gold cycle, use the free cash flow, $50 million a year of free cash flow from this first phase operation to continue to invest and build out the, the second phase operation. Now, uh, I, I'm not naive about uh, the appetite that the majors have for projects like ours and good geographies, long potential lives, lots of gold production. And uh, if, 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 a, if, a, if a major comes along and says, look, we want to put phase one and phase two together and do them as one, uh, and they have the capital base to do so, fantastic uh, uh, if that's a winning uh, bet for our, for our investors. Uh, but in the meantime, in a capital constrained environment, we want to phase this project and make for an efficient uh, restart of the operation, produce free cash flow, and do so from a uh, head start with this infrastructure, the experience we have with the site, and uh, the access. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, I want to be able to discuss part of what you said there, or at least understand it better if I can't, which is you're talking about, about majors coming in and looking. Majors aren't going to come and look at this unless it's 200, 250, 300,000 yeah. ounces, right? So you're, you're just done the PA. You're working towards a PFS stage. There's no, there's no, and given the strategy of a phase one, phase two, et cetera, the, the reality is that you're going to do phase one. There's no one going to be merging phase one, phase two anytime soon, is there? Unless you're telling me this uh, conversation is going on. Listen, um, we'll make that decision at the end of 2022. Or, as I mentioned, we're doing a resource update at the beginning of uh, next year. Uh, we've already uh, conceptualized uh, plans for the mill phase. We've done two, two uh, uh, stages of metallurgical test work. Uh, so we're being very confident about a 94% recovery in our, uh, in our uh, uh, mill phase. And uh, we think this will be a plus 200,000 ounce a year producer with a 15 to 20 year mine life. There is no reason why this deposit will uh, stop at 3 million ounces. Uh, we think the potential here is better than 5 million. Okay, so, so talk, talk to me about how that happens and how much it's going to cost you. Because you're talking the PowerPoint about maybe 72,000 ounces if you get it right, through to 200,000. There's a few studies to go. There's a lot of money that will need to be spent to, to, to do that. So can you just explain that period and how you would come at it? Yeah, for sure. Our, our, our finding cost to date has been in the order of $5 an ounce. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll go up and down uh, as we progress, uh, and particularly as we get into underground aspects of this deposit. But clearly, we have potential here uh, on strike within the five kilometers of mineralized uh, strike to add to our resource, build on the underground potential. And, uh, and so, yeah, this yes, there will be capital required around exploration to uh, develop that potential out. But I think, uh, you know, at $1,800 gold and considering the location in the United States where we have rule of law and certainty of title, uh, this, is, uh, this is a good place to be investing. And I want to come back to Idaho as a place uh, of operation. There are 26 million ounces of undeveloped gold in the state of Idaho. It is ranked number one in the world. Uh, by the Fraser Institute for Policy Environment, top 10 in the world for investment in mining and, uh, and, uh, and exploration. So this is a place that's got a long history of exploration and mining. It's uh, got certainty of title, and it's a good place for uh, large companies uh, and large investors to be deploying capital to produce gold. It, it, it does, and there's lots of train wrecks as well. So I want, I want trying to work out where to, where to put you because you know, I've asked you about money, uh, so we've got Orion, but we've got no, no numbers mentioned there. Have they been following their money 
Uh, if, you know, are, will they continue to follow their money? How much money have you got? And then the question I just asked you, which was how much money will you need to spend in that kind of phase one to get you through to the, whether it be pre-phase or, or feasibility study, whatever you are going, going straight to. So can you just give me some numbers? I get a sense of, you know, what more is to come in terms of demands from the market, in terms of raising uh, more equity, uh, or if there's another way that you're going to bring money in, you know, if you could explain that, would be brilliant. Yeah, you typically uh, a project like uh, ours will involve something like another, you know, five, ten uh, million to take itself through the feasibility stage. Uh, and then we're talking about the hundred million of capital that's uh, in our PEA. So just giving you orders of magnitude there, Matt, uh, in terms of what is required. Uh, in terms of Orion support and the other 40% of our shareholder base that is institutional, I'd say it's rock solid. Uh, we've seen participation from uh, funds on, on all of our, subs our uh, previous financings. And I want to I wanna mention just quickly here, uh, we are 72 million shares outstanding. That's it. Uh, we've taken this project from nil to now 3 million ounces of gold, a PEA, a resource update on the come, and all of the uh, technical work around geotechnical, metallurgical, uh, uh, largely complete uh, or in process. So this is a company that works very efficiently with the, with the cash that we do spend. Uh, we guard our share uh, count carefully, and uh, I, I defy to find a, a, another group that's done uh, as well as we have in terms of our spending on GNA, our conservation of our share capital, and uh, what we've delivered in terms of results. Okay, so how much cash have you got today? We've got about three million at the moment. Right. Okay. Um, and what's what's the burn? Uh, we will spend that over the next uh, two uh, quarters as we get through the drilling uh, and the drilling results this year, and then through the the uh, resource update next year. So we'll be looking at some sort of a, a financing uh, initiative uh, at some point along the way here, likely after we put out our resource update. Right. So, so the, um, you're aiming for Q1 for the resource update. Is that what you're Correct. Brilliant. Yes. Okay, fine. And would that be the five to 10 million number that you talked about earlier? Well, we'll see. Our last raise was uh, 15 million done as a bot deal through uh, BMO Capital Markets. We'll see uh, how, how the share price is uh, and, and how things line up. But uh, we're pretty efficient, uh, Matt. We're, our our GNA burns at uh, about 2 million. So if we're in a good market, uh, we'll raise more. If it's not a good market, uh, we'll we'll preserve our capital base. So we think gold's uh, got nothing, nowhere to go but up, uh, given the current uh, uh, fiscal and uh, monetary policy uh, in the world. Uh, we're very bullish on gold. We're bullish on the project, and uh, we think it's um, uh, one that uh, will it will uh, will do very well for investors. I mean, the, the problem isn't the price of gold. The problem is the price of the equities at, at the moment. People are looking elsewhere. So when you say you'll preserve capital, you're prepared to kind of hunker down, I'll use the word loosely, and I stretch the money out until you see the market recover. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, if we, if we, if we need to do that, uh, of course, yes. Uh, we're, we're stewards of capital, stewards of our shareholder base. And uh, one has to be... Um, uh, one has to be... Um, Careful not to over dilute, and I think that's you know something that um, uh, we'll we'll uh, work to avoid. Uh, and we see we've done that in the past. You'll see on all of our past uh, financing activity, but for one, we've progressively raised money at higher share prices. Um, we had one uh, one down round during the uh, crisis that came with COVID. Uh, our shareholders stepped up. 
uh, including myself, and uh, we, we live to a better day. And uh, I think if, uh, if we hit a crisis at our bump down the road, we'll do that again. Uh, I, I, I feel very confident about our backing, about our project, and about the milestones we can deliver ahead. That, so I do, I do want to talk about drilling actually a second, but you just said something there essentially. So you have stepped up as well. How, many, how many dollars have you got in this? Not, not how many shares, how many dollars have you put into this thing? Uh, so I'm at about uh, 5% of the business. Um, and uh, my cost base is uh, not much, uh, not much below where we are today in terms of our share price, in terms of our share price. Uh, Orion Mine Finance, uh, about uh, where we are at a share price today. Uh, so, you know, we're highly motivated to deliver. We're not, uh, this is all free trading paper in the company. There is no, uh, <clears throat> you know, there is no uh, a seed stock that has to come out here. This is a, a very clean capital structure. Okay, fine. And so are you, I assume then you're sort of not paying yourself, you talk about low g you're not paying yourself much. Is that is that how you're kind of keeping everything low or how, is the board taking salaries? Yes, everybody's taking salaries. Everybody's uh, uh, dialed in here. Uh, what I'm saying is that we work efficiently with the money we do spend. And uh, um, we've got some really good people on the team. I mentioned our general manager. We've got a VP exploration who's uh, been in the industry for 30 years, has done a, a fabulous job in terms of the efficiency of our drill programs and the results we're getting out of them. Again, I come back to that $5 an ounce finding cost. Uh, uh, and then we've got a, um, uh, you know, an administration, uh, our CFO, Lisa Ross, doing a fabulous job in that role, ex-Kirkland Lake, ex-Kin Ross, like myself. Um, it's a team that's uh, dialed in, working hard, delivering for investors. Yeah, I guess what I was getting at is, are, are, are they dialed in with majors' salaries or are they dialed in with an explorer developer's salary? <laughs> Yeah, look, we're uh, we're on an explorer developer program here, and 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 the reason is because we're owners of the business, and we're aligned with shareholders to deliver results uh, alongside our shareholders. We'll do what's best for shareholders. Uh, this is not um, this is not an intermediate cap gold company or a large cap gold company like Placer Dome or Kinross that I've worked with before. You know where 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 where, where GNA goes out the door. Uh, this is one that's focused on delivering value. Uh, ounces in the ground discovered, projects advanced, uh, and uh, projects constructed efficiently and, uh, and and managed well. Okay, so, so so let's look forward then. Okay, because um, I'm just trying to get an overall view and a sense of you, the man, right? So, in terms of the money that you're going to need to go and raise, you talk about converting some of the inferred over to M and I category. You're going to come yes. out of the resource in in Q1 at some point, right? Um, so the type of money that you're going to be spending is all about infill drilling to get the inferred over. You're not out hunting for additional exploration targets at the moment, are you? Oh, no, we've been doing that too. We've brought in uh, Mira Geoscience to help us with AI, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, looking for targets beyond what we already have. I've mentioned this five kilometers of mineralized zone. We've got targets on our, our net side of the property that we haven't even touched yet. We've got intercepts uh, upwards of two grams close to surface in oxide material at a Roman's trench target. We've got the Italian mine, which is a historically operated uh, area uh, in, back in the early 1900s, hasn't been touched yet. Uh, our focus uh, and, and activity has been around resource development, has been about advancing through uh, economic studies, but at the same time, we've also spent money uh, looking for the next area for exploration. And we've got another four or five targets uh, on the property position 
ready for drilling and permitted. Okay, so what I'm trying to understand here is because we talked about scale at the beginning, I think that's the big thing that you've got to try and deliver here is you've got to be efficient, your word, um, but the way that you do that, so in, the way, in terms of where you're spending money, how you're spending money, and what you're trying to create. I'm, I'm looking at uh, some of the data here, which was talking about average gold grade of 0.87, so below one gram per tonne. It's a bit low. It doesn't include the 2020, 2021 uh, numbers. I get it. But if you're around that one gram per tonne level, bringing inferred or some of the inferred, let's say 50% of the inferred into M&I category, it's still not big enough for you. So you are going to need some of this exploration potentially, aren't you? Um, actually, it is big enough. Uh, the first phase project is about 850,000 ounces at about 0.9 grams per ton gold in a heap leach scenario. Remember, we're saving a lot of capital because we've got the existing infrastructure on the project. The margin on those ounces after our fully loaded ASIC cost is still uh, a healthy 70 or 80% on the current gold price. So that is in itself a, uh, a tremendously uh, attractive project. 0.9 grams per ton heap leach uh, puts us at twice the grade of uh, pretty much all of our peers in Idaho. And uh, many of our peers in uh, Nevada are mining 0.2, 0.3 grams per ton. So uh, I would uh, challenge you on that point. And uh, I just look to the economics on the project. 25% return IRR at 1550 gold, 38% IRR at uh, current gold prices. Now, the second phase project is higher grade. Uh, we've got in the mill phase at Bear Track Arnett, in the open pit, 1.5 grams per ton gold. Uh, the cutoff grade is 0.6 grams per ton gold. So we're looking at something that has better than a double uh, uh, on on uh, on the margin there from the cutoff grade, and I think uh, you know any of your listeners uh, will recognize that is a, a very attractive situation. As we get into the underground, we're seeing even higher grades still, four to eleven grams uh, in uh, true thicknesses of one to five grams over a kilometer of strike. Beyond which, we've got a lower grade halo of two, three, four grams. Uh, again, bulk mineable situation in the, uh, in the underground. So lots of potential uh, and lots of grade here to, uh, to, to justify uh, development of the, uh, the mill phase. We just haven't found the end of it yet. Uh, once we do that, we'll move to a PEA and then subsequently a PFS on that mill phase of the project. Right, okay, so th that's really useful, thank you. Um, I'd be mad to credit you, uh, you know, the, the numbers at today's gold prices. I'm going to discount it. So 1550 numbers still give you 25% IRR. So that, that, that's something to build. With, with the phase two that you're planning and the underground phase three a, a com component to this is my fear as an investor is that companies just keep plowing the money that they make back into the ground and I don't see the benefit of it. So how do you manage that? You come on, Placer Dome, Kinross, you, you went through, it's, I know different times. But there's going to be learnings there. How do you ensure that you know we, the investors, don't get left out of the uh, the party here, and you guys are the main beneficiaries? I think the way to do that is to ensure that the management is aligned with investors, that they in fact have a significant uh, stake in the game, and uh, that's where again, Revival Gold, our governance policies, our approach to compensation are uh, very well aligned with investors. Uh, we won't make a return on this. Uh, until our investors make a return on this, and we're uh, committed to the long run. What, what, what does that look like? Because like, all CEOs say that to me. We're aligned. 
we're always aligned, but they're also on big salaries and they get option packages and, and so forth. So when you say, because I, I like your tight shareholding structure, but what does it actually look like when you, you say we're aligned with shareholders or we will be aligned with shareholders? Well, you know, a great example of that is that when we make decisions about how we spend money, uh, we think through what, you know, what we would do as individuals if it was our money. You know, would we fly business class? Would we stay at the better hotel? Would we uh, 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 go to just a single bidder for a, a piece of work? Uh, would we, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's on the, ca- on, on the contract to make sure that we're getting the best value? Uh, you know, those are the sorts of things that are uh, tangible decisions that, uh, you know, managements make. Uh, every day, and they all add up. Those pennies all add up, and in our case, they add up to a sub two million dollar a year GNA uh, rate for this business, which I think you know is an example of, um, of of the care we take with our shareholders' money. Okay, it'd be interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, people can look at comps and work out whether they feel that's, that that's fair. Yes, or not. I would. I would encourage them to do so. Okay, um, I want to talk about AI. You mentioned AI. You need yes. a lot of data points for AI, don't you? Right. So. What have you inherited in terms of data points? It's a Brownfield site, but what have you got? Yeah, no, good, good, uh, very good question. Um, we've inherited a lot of data and uh, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. The challenge is um, there's a lot of it to go through. And, um, and so we've put it all into uh, an electronic format. We've got about 100 and I'm going to say 150 kilometers of drill data. Uh, we've got uh, 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 tens of kilometers, square kilometers of uh, geophysical data. Uh, we've done quite a bit of soil sampling um, across our land position. Uh, we've got structural mapping, all of which was, uh, uh, is only recent. Um, in, the, in the days when this operation was uh, producing gold back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, there wasn't an interest in looking at the structural aspects of this deposit. We've got an intercept of uh, 10 meters of 71 grams per ton at a structural confluence in the Awards Gulch area at Bear Track. It's at about 450 meters depth, and it wasn't of interest back when the operation was just um, uh, producing from an open pit. We've got that data. We've assembled the structural model now. We've got uh, all of these geophysical pieces and the drill data, and all of that uh, sort of has come together now in a fully three-dimensional model to which we can now apply the machine learning to look for instances where uh, we get higher grades and where we get a a confluence of mineralization across this large fault structure that hosts the gold deposit at Bear Track Arnett. And that's helped us with targeting. And um, there's gonna be a lot more that comes from that. Uh, uh, We'll get to that uh, now that the team's out of the field from uh, drilling and looking at uh, the program for next year. And and so how much money would you allocate towards that? Because I I think when companies come and talk about AI, it's it's new to them, right, as well. And they're trying to work out, do I believe this? Do I trust this? I can't go all out on it. So you got to allocate part of your budget to it. What, What are you thinking at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the tools in our kit, and there's no substitute, as our uh, VP Exploration likes to say, for uh, having hands-on experience. Uh, the computers cannot do everything, but it is something in our toolkit, which, uh, get, you know, your, your point, we've got lots of data. We need to be able to leverage that data. Um, and, um, and so it's just one of the tools in our toolkit. I think we probably spend about $100,000 uh, on the initiative. Uh, some companies spend more. Some companies spend less. 
we, we take a phased approach to this. Uh, we've developed up a number of targets. We're going to test those targets. And, uh, and then we'll come back to the data set, back to the 3D model. And I'll tell you, Mira Geoscience did a wonderful job for us. We're very uh, pleased with the work they did. Okay, fantastic. Well, look, I think you've kind of laid out what's happening in the in the near term, and you're saying by the end of 2022, what 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 do we hope to be able to talk about? Uh, we'll have the PFS. Uh, we'll have completed all of our supplemental baseline data and developed up our plan of operations, uh, and um, it'll be at that point that we make a construction decision. We'll either proceed and press the button on uh, restarting the first phase, uh, which is a relatively modest scale but low technical risk low capital uh, uh, means to get into free cash flow, uh, or uh, we'll uh, continue to progress the project's mill phase and develop out uh, that in, alongside of the, uh, the heap leach. So, so uh, into 2022 will be an interesting decision point for, for our board and for our investors, and we'll have all the key pieces lined up uh, to be able to make, uh, make the decision uh, and continue with the development of the project. Uh, one way or another, uh, as, a, as, a, as a restart project um, uh, or if, with continued exploration, uh, we see uh, the optionality in this project to deliver what's best for shareholders. Tell, tell me about that. Sorry, I, I was literally going to wrap it up there, but no, you, you, you keep saying interesting things. Um, at the end of 2022, with a PFS, you think that you can get finance. I, I could see some, some of that happening last year in 2020 when money was being thrown at any old thing, right? This year, not so much, obviously. You've used the word restart there. Is that is that the word that allows um, funders, certainly on the equity side, well, I guess, and, and the debt side, to say, actually, it is quite simple. It's heap leach. It's been done lots of times before. I'm comfortable giving out 100 million bucks. It's, it's not nothing, right? Off the back of a PFS. You think that's doable? I, I do think it's doable. Uh, we would not construct the project on the back of a PFS. Uh, I think we've seen lots of folks uh, get into trouble doing that. Uh, but I do think we can make a decision on proceeding with the project. We'll have sufficient data um, to, to be able to feel confident about the returns from the project uh, on completion of the PFS. And, and again, remember, we're dealing, we've got, uh, I'd love for you to show a picture of the site to, to your viewers uh, but, uh, you know, we've got an ADR facility, a gold processing facility. We've got roads. We've got power to the site. It's active power. Um, you know, the roads, uh, the, you know, will, will provide us with the access that we need. So there isn't a lot to that $100 million of capital that is uh, at risk or complex. It's, uh, it's relatively straightforward. And I should, I should tell you, too, uh, about about uh, uh, 40% of that number is in contingencies and owner's costs. And so we've got lots of room uh, there to deliver um, the project on, on budget, uh, you know, it, and on plan. So um, it is a relatively straightforward project. And I do think that on completion of the PFS, we'll have enough information uh, to make a uh, an informed decision about uh, proceeding with construction. Now, the next steps after that, you've asked about timing. Uh, we'll proceed with uh, the, the, P, the FS from the PFS, the detailed engineering, uh, the re-permitting aspects that are required, and um, we'll be in construction 2024, uh, uh, producing gold potentially by the end of that year or early 2025. 
Okay, brilliant. Um, maybe come on and talk us through the certainly the, on the exploration side, the infill um, drill program, and some of the exploration. I'd be keen to understand that better, and maybe yeah. talk about some of the met work that you've been doing too along the way. But look, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Nice little story there. Um, looking forward to seeing how it develops. Um, uh, Hugo, uh, uh, so do do stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.